0: You're listening to the Re/max Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, hi there and welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name's Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise development consultant with Re/max of Western Canada, and I'm your host for this audio experience. The Re/max Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our ReMAx network. But on this special episode, I'm joined by Katie Lance, CEO and founder of Katie Lance Consulting. With more than two decades of experience in the marketing and branding world, Katie was previously chief strategist and social media director for Inman News. During that time, she increased Inman's social footprint from 7,000 fans and followers to more than 250,000. In 2012, Katie took the entrepreneurial step to launch Katie Lance Consulting where she helps those in the real estate industry understand how they can use social media to build relationships and help their business. Katie has also been named one of the top 100 most influential people in real estate by Inman News and is a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post. Katie, welcome to the Remax Hustle podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Wade. It's really an honor to be here today.
0: We're really excited to have you on. And I want to start off right from the beginning of when you discovered social media for the first time. And the question is, did the light bulb go off in your head right away that this was a great opportunity, or did it take you a bit of time to understand the potential behind social media?
1: That's a great question. Honestly, I think the light bulb went off almost right away. Um, I, before social media, I had you know, gone to school for marketing and communications and had a lot of experience in that world. And you know, I distinctly remember when social media became really a thing for business. You know, at first it was just, you know, kind of a fun thing. There was MySpace (laughs) that I'm probably dating myself by saying that. Uh, But I remember when, you know, it became really a thing for business. And for me, I was working at a a small uh, kind of like boutique real estate brokerage at the time. I was doing all their marketing for a lot of their agents and then, you know, for, uh, for the company. And that was kind of right around the time that facebook became a thing for business and i literally do remember having a light bulb moment because i saw agents spending so much money on traditional advertising and you know not that traditional ads don't work we we know that they still do but i was just seeing agents spending you know hundreds and thousands of dollars on newspaper ads and mailers and you know bus bench ads and all of these things and i just remember going holy cow <laughs> this is an amazing opportunity for agents, not to you know, obviously save money in their marketing, but also to have like this this two way street of communication. It's not just a one way street where you see a billboard. And I just thought, wow, this is amazing, especially for real estate because real estate is such a relationship business.
0: It, it seems like there's been this evolution of mindset when it comes to social media today. I think most people accept that this is a key part of your business, even a requirement. But in the early days, did you experience pushback from agents feeling as though social media was just this waste of time and not necessary?
1: <laughs> I still hear that sometimes. <laughs> 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 I would say not as much, um, not as much, and especially not from the Remax network. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, holy cow, it was it was kind of an uphill battle, just you know, proving that it wasn't just for the kids, it wasn't just for you know college kids, it wasn't just this little you know, fun, fun place to post what you had for breakfast. Um, And I think we still kind of are fighting some of those stereotypes with social media. But it is it has grown and evolved, as you know. And I think it's such it can be such an integral part of an agent or broker's business. You know, Um, I I don't think it has to be the end all and be all. I, I don't think it's the silver bullet. But I just think when done right, it's one more great way to be intentional, to stay in touch more effectively with your past clients and to generate new business.
0: I want to get into the, the details of, you know, I think one of the most common questions many agents have is which social media network should I pay attention to? Which platform should I be on? Because there's all of these different choices. If I'm going to dedicate some time and energy or perhaps money to having a presence there, which one is, should be the focus? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think there's a couple things to think about. I think first off, I would ask, where do you, you want to be? Where do you enjoy spending time? And if you're someone who is on a number of platforms, you know, you might be on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, you might, maybe you have a, and a lot of agents have a presence on all of these platforms, but for most of us, we kind of gravitate towards one or, one or two, you know, maybe it's the one we're most comfortable with. Maybe it's the one like most of our friends are on or we just enjoy. And then the second part of that would also be where are your clients hanging out. You know, if you have a hard time figuring out, well, I don't know where I want to be, <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're newer to all this. I think that's a great thing to do is ask your clients and prospects. You might even send an email to your database and just say, "Hey, you know, I uh, we're working on on our social media marketing, we're working on serving you better and we're just curious. Where are you spending time? Is it Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn—none of the above. That's okay, (laughs) and you know, just kind of getting a barometer for where your people are. Uh, You know, because if you're hanging out on one platform where nobody is, maybe it's fun. But if you're there for business, then it doesn't always make the most sense.
0: I think one of the other challenging things from time to time is—is there's new social media networks. You had mentioned there TikTok, which
1: yes, you know, (laughs) it's
0: it seems like a lot of times these new social media networks come out and they, they cause a lot of eye rolling and I, I don't get this and that kind of thing. And, and is it worth, in your experience, is it worth it to to experiment with these new platforms or wait till they hit a certain level of maturity before you spend time on them?
1: Well, I mean, I've seen people do both. And I, I think there's a couple things. I, I don't think there's anything wrong when, when something new comes out. I think that there's a lot of value in you know, reserving your name and making sure that you've got, you know, your handle just in case you want to use it at some point. Um, I also think that one of the ways that we figure out if we want to be on a platform is we just spend time watching and kind of getting a sense of what it's all about. You know, it's like, it's like walking to a party. Most people aren't just going to walk into a party and say, I'm here. <laughs> you know, you're going <laughs> to walk around try to get the vibe of who's there and what's going on. And that's a lot like social media. So you know, some people might call it lurking, but you could lurk for a little bit and just see, you know, if, if, if you enjoy it, if it's a good fit for you. But the other big thing I want to say this, to this point, Wade, is that, you know, all social media, whether we're talking about Instagram or TikTok or any platform, it's rented ground. You know, we, we don't own social media. And so I actually really, really uh, recommend for agents to kind of take a step back when I think about social media and think about, is there some content that they can create that they own no matter what, right? Like, like, for example, podcasts, this is a great example, podcast content is content you own, video content, uh, you know, blog content, and and that type of content is that it's sort of that original content, right? And when you can build this, you know, kind of content library, so to speak, then you can look at some of these different platforms and take your podcast and share that link to your Facebook page. But then you can also share it to your email list, and you could share it over to LinkedIn, or, you know, you could, you could think about social media as more of a distribution platform and a way to keep in touch with people, but it's not necessarily where all the content's being created, if that makes sense.
0: That's a great point. And I love the, the party analogy as well. That's, <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. That puts it into perspective. Uh, Katie, you've been around the space focused on social media for, for quite a while. And I'm wondering what examples you've come across of agents who, in your opinion, may be outside the box thinking, but are really using social media well, and maybe something to inspire our audience of listeners.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, the, the things that's been really fun to see is like, you know, like I said earlier, there's been this sort of evolution of social media. And in the beginning, there was, you know, a lot of people not doing it the most effective way. <laughs> and, you know, we still see that from time to time, we still see, you know, some agents who are just, you know, just using it to promote their listings. And I always tell people, look, you can, of course you can promote your listings, but that shouldn't just be the only thing you do on social media, right? I mean, to go back to the party example, it would be like walking into a party and announcing, hey, everyone, I'm a realtor. And guess what? I have three open houses this weekend and let me tell you all about them,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, that's, I think, in terms of mistakes, that's one thing I would obviously recommend. We, we, not, we don't do, but on the flip side, I mean, to answer your question, I see a lot of creativity these days with a lot of agents, especially creating video content. You know, I think video content is such a powerful medium. You can't hide who you are on video. (laughs) And, you know, for a lot of folks, we don't like how we look and we don't like how we sound and we're not sure how to do it. So then, you know, a lot of people don't do video. And I had a good friend of mine a few years ago very lovingly remind me. She was like, Katie, that's how you look (laughs) and that's how you sound. So you've got to get over it. And, you know, I would I would lovingly tell any of your listeners the same thing. You know, when it when it comes to, you know, being creative with with content, I think getting on camera, the more you do it, the easier it gets. The first few videos you do are going to be, you know, awful, (laughs) not so great. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. I know before that we started broadcasting, we were talking about our uh, mutual friend, Jesse Peters out in Winnipeg. I think he does an amazing job of Showcasing his listings, but also putting out really valuable content that's fun and that's in his personality, you know it really reflects who he is, and so he's built this really great body of work and he's also active over on Instagram. I see a lot a lot of uh, he's creating a lot of quick content that's entertaining and, and and kind of fun over in reels and that's helping to build his audience so you know I think you can have a mix between educational informative fun creative uh, You know, but it's just like anything else. The more you do it, the better you get. The faster you get, the more efficient you get, Uh, and that's that's really kind of the name of the game.
0: Yeah, Jesse's such a great example of of video content and and just in general interesting social media content to follow. That kind of brings up a question I've I've heard a lot from agents, and that is whether they can kind of hire it out. So having they're busy, right? Busy running their business and social media, especially for people who maybe their brain doesn't work in the marketing communications way, and, and they really struggle on what to post, but maybe they have the luxury if they've been successful in the business. So they've, they've earned some money and they have some budget to, to put toward it. What are your thoughts on that of hiring out somebody to, to help with social media? And if so, should the, the main realtor still be involved in some respects? Or, or what's your advice on that side of things?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I I, I kind of have a couple different theories or opinions about that. Um, I mean, I always say, first off, social media is social, right? It's kind of like the ultimate dinner party. And, you know, imagine having a dinner party with your 10 most important clients, but instead of you being there, you have your assistant there running the whole thing. <laughs> well, we would never do that, but that's that's a lot of times what happens when we just hand off everything to someone else. So I I just would encourage your listeners to not necessarily hand everything off. It doesn't mean that you have to be doing everything or that you have to be, you know, in there doing the video editing and the, you know, and, and all of the posting. What we've seen that tends to work really well is the agents and brokers that have that experience, one of the best things that they can do is share that experience. They can be the ones who are on camera, you know, sharing their tips and tools and resources and sharing their stories of clients they've worked with and how they've helped, you know, how they've overcome obstacles and and, and just all the different things that agents and brokers have that the knowledge they have is just you know, truly incredible. And so where I think there's an opportunity, especially if someone does have a budget is either to hire a, um, either an assistant or some sort of marketing person who can perhaps help that agent get a little organized, you know, kind of help them put together maybe a marketing calendar, maybe help, schedule some of that content. I also think we've seen this uh, from other agents who've worked with um, videographers or video editors. Uh, And, you know, I, I still think there's something to be said about just kind of, you know, raw video in the moment, you know, with your phone as you're out and about, I think that works great for like an Instagram story, or, you know, maybe even a Facebook story. But that kind of professional video, I think that's another thing that could be outsourced. And you know, one of the things we do, I've said this, you've probably heard me say this before, Wade, but if I'm going to sit down, do my hair and makeup and do one video, I might as well record like four or five. <laughs> and so that's one of the things we teach. And I think a lot of busy agents really, you know, appreciate that approach because they can sit down with, you know, maybe a marketing admin or, a, you know, a videographer that they're working with and crank out five, six, eight videos all in one shot. And now they've got a month or two. You know, worth of content. So, I definitely think it's possible. You know, I think if an agent is kind of shopping around, I think for especially for a, you know a video editor type person, you can. You don't always necessarily have to find someone in the in the real estate space. Um, I know a lot of agents have worked with uh, video editors in the in the wedding industry. Those 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 type of folks tend to be great storytellers. You know, who really can kind of evoke some emotion and and uh, and do a great job. So yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you just got to get yourself into a plan. And then, you know, this goes back to what I said in the beginning, social media is social. So I, I think even if you've got, you know, a couple of folks who are working with you to help you get organized, help you schedule content, help edit content, I still recommend just take five or 10 minutes a day to show up, to engage and see what people are posting and take a few minutes. Not Don't be a drive-by liker. <laughs> don't just jump in and like 12 things and then, and then bail. But Going to take a few minutes to go, gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for your daughter. She's graduating high school. Congratulations. Right? Like real estate's that relationship business. And so often, especially agents who've been in this business a long time, it's really hard to keep in touch with people over the course of time. We have systems and you know we do email marketing and holiday cards and all that, but social media is still, I think, one of the best ways, you know, to to just keep in touch with people in a really intentional way. So Kind of all about just getting a system together. If it's if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: Interested in learning more about a career in real estate? Head over to joinremax.ca. The majority of our listeners are real estate agents, but we do have some broker owners and managers. And so, for an owner or manager who's wondering, okay, I've got this Facebook page or this Instagram profile for my office. Are there any thoughts of what type of content they might be able to post if they're struggling to come up with ideas?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, a brokerage or an office page is obviously a little bit different than an individual agent. And what's I think one of the biggest differences is with a, a broker or an office, you are you have a couple different audiences. Your audience is your agents, and as well as other agents in the community who might happen to be following you, and it's also the community. Right. And potential prospects and other other clients and just other community members. So I think having a balance of content that kind of speaks to both of those audiences is helpful. As as an example, I would say having some content that is highlighting your agents. You know, maybe you do a feature Friday where you're highlighting, you know, one agent a week or something really great. You know, you're you're being a good finder and you're finding something really great, not just necessarily real estate. But maybe something really great that an agent's doing in their local community and you're highlighting that agent. And when you do that, you're kind of showcasing your culture, right? What does it feel like to work with you? And that's a great way to kind of, you know, retain and recruit, you know, in a, in a, in a really positive way. And then in terms of other types of content, like content for community to attract prospects, clients, things like that, um, we still see video content and Facebook live content as really kind of the two big. Pillars of content for Facebook, especially Facebook business pages. You know, I think putting out really relevant content, whether it's about the local community, why should someone move there? What's the difference between this town versus this town? Locally, you know, any kind of local community content where they're highlighting local businesses is always great. But then also, real, just real estate related content. What's happening in the market? You know, I think a really good example of this, uh, I, I'm sure you know John Mangus. He's out in Toledo, Ohio with, with Remax Preferred. And every Monday he does like a Monday Mojo, <laughs> which is like this like two or three minute video. He's been doing it for years. He's a broker owner, and I just I love it. It's not necessarily the like the most highly polished thing. He's, uh, but it's just this quick like this is what's happening in our market area every single Monday, and it's something his agents can share. It's relevant to the community, you know. So again, just kind of having that balance, and especially as a broker owner, I think it's really important that that people see you. You know that people in the community, your agents, they see you online, you know, you're going to kind of you're going to set the stage (laughs) for what, uh, for what others do. And everybody's talking about the market. So as the broker, what a great opportunity for you to say, hey, this is how we think about it here. You know,
0: I love that. And in all of these examples you're giving, it just sounds to me like such a good content mix in itself. I mean, you've got that some of those statistics, which is good from, you know, representing what what the office actually does. But then you've got that fun content as well, highlighting agents personalities. And yeah, just so many good ideas there. Katie, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about this past year or year and a few months. And it's been a little bit, well, unpredictable and, and a bit crazy with the global pandemic. With, with everything going on, it seems like there's some heightened emotions and, I know for us at Remax of Western Canada, in the last couple of months, we've had a bit of an uptick in terms of consumer complaints about various agents' comments or postings on social media. Thankfully, it's not a crazy number, but there are a couple that seem to be creeping up more than, than average. What is your message to agents who are tempted to voice perhaps controversial opinions at times or things that they're passionate about? Maybe they could debate why their side is right, but is is that a good idea? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, and I mean, I have a couple a couple different schools of thought. I mean, I would you know back I would say back in the day, I probably would say you know keep it safe. You know, don't talk, don't ruffle any feathers. And not that I'm suggesting <laughs> that we start ruffling feathers. That's not my that's not my advice. But I also think you know, as real estate agents and brokers agents and brokers are are stewards of their community. And, uh, you know, they're also leaders in their community. And so, you know, at the risk of sounding controversial, I think that they can have an opinion. You know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with standing up for some of the tough issues that are happening on our world, like social injustice and um, racism that unfortunately still permeates a lot of our, our industry. And these are tough, tough subjects, you know. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about it, but just like I tell my kids, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I think when you come from a place of being respectful and, and open-minded and and willing to have a, a conversation on both sides, I think that's I think that's fine. I also think too, you know, sometimes a lot of these conversations we feel very passionate about. And sometimes it's good just to take a moment and pause before we, before we post, (laughs) you know, there's nothing wrong with kind of walking away and just thinking, you know, is it, is it really worth it? And does, you know, does something need to be said? And am am I the person that needs to say it, you know? So I just think thinking about that. And then lastly, I would just say, you know, you're also a reflection of your brand. So that's important to, to think as well. We are, we've kind of gone, you know, we're at this place in the world where it's not just ourselves. We are part of, you know, for, for folks listening, they're, you know, most likely part of the Remax brand. So you're reflecting not just yourself, but your brand as well. So I think that's just important to think about. It's, it's a lot. I, I don't know if there's a straight black or white answer. Um, but like I said, I think the, the best thing you can do is just think about, again, not what you're saying, but how you're saying it. And at the end of the day, you may not be everyone's cup of tea. And, and maybe not everyone, you know, relates to you or, or agrees with you. And I think that's okay. Also, you know, um, I think we're I think we're it's okay to have an opinion sometimes. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I th- I agree that's that's great advice. And and tied into that is online reputation and it's something that's been around for quite a while, but it seems like its importance just continues to increase. How do you think agents should be managing their online reputation and if they were to get that dreaded one-star review, what is the best way to react?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I <sighs> you know, at some point when you're in business, I, the, you know, there's probably a statistic about, you know, how often bad reviews happen. But at some point, I, I would say just for just about anyone who's been in business quite some time, you're going to get some sort of bad review at some point, you know, something happened, maybe it was your fault, Maybe it was their fault, maybe, maybe there was something in between, maybe there were just circumstances that you couldn't control, like there's a variety of things that happen. Um, and so, on one hand, you know, if I am Googling a business, right, whether it's a profession like a realtor or whether it's a restaurant, I almost expect that there's probably going to be one or two negative reviews. I I feel like that that's a pretty acceptable thing in our culture where, you know, if I see something, a restaurant that has 98% great reviews and like one or two that aren't, I think a lot of us kind of chalk that up to, hmm okay, that's normal, right? Like, you know, that's not the norm. But I've also been on the receiving end of, of a bad review. It's happened um, once or twice, not too many times. But and I know on the receiving end, it's it's, it's upsetting. It's shocking. It's like, oh, what did I do? You know, and so we, by nature, we want to correct it, Wait, right? We want to like, write this wrong. And so I think, you know, for an agent or broker, if you do get that dreaded kind of one or one or two-star review, I don't think there's anything wrong with going in there and leaving a comment. Again, we want to be respectful, professional. The The public comments are not where we're necessarily going to get into a debate, and you're most likely not going to solve the issue right there. If it got to the point where they're so upset that they are posting it online, uh, there may not be anything that you can do. But by responding, at least everyone else who happens upon that review we'll see that you responded. Right. Um, and so I, I always recommend, you know, at least acknowledge the review, you don't necessarily have to agree with it, but be respectful, be professional, and then suggest that you take that take the online offline. So you might say something like, I would love to, um, you know, chat with you further about this. I'm, I'm so sorry, you experienced this, I'm, I would, I'm happy to chat with, with, with you know, to you offline. And if they respond again, I don't think you necessarily need to get in a back and forth. But again, I think just understand that it's unfortunately, a a, you know, kind of a a normal thing. If you've been in business a long time, you just, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. You're not going to make everyone happy, but I think it's how you respond to that, you know? Um, And then the other quick thing I would say, because you're talking about online reputation, I do think it's important to go back to what you said earlier about, you know, controversial subjects and what to post, what not to post. I think it's important to remember we're leaving this digital legacy, right? We're leaving this little, Digital breadcrumbs everywhere we go, and so it's just it's important to remember that you know as we think about what we post, what we say, and how we conduct ourselves online.
0: Katie, there's been so much value uh, given by you to end this episode, and one thing I want to touch on before we we jump to the final question is that you've put actually a lot of content together, which is available for Remax sales associates via the social media portal on Remax University. Do you mind explaining what agents can expect to learn with the Get Social Smart series?
1: I'm so honored to be able to work closely with REMAX. um, And we have a a really great partnership. For any agents or brokers listening, if they go into the REMAX University portal, we have a whole kind of Katie Lance, (laughs) I guess it's a Katie Lance section with videos. I've done a ton of just quick, like three or four minute, just quick hit videos. On Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on just about all the little all the social media channels. We also do uh, monthly webinars, and all of those recordings are in there as well. Uh, we've done a lot of in-depth webinars on things like Facebook ads and Instagram marketing, and putting together a strategy and content plans and 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 all that good stuff. And then most recently, we put together some really in-depth courses. So there is a in-depth course. Uh, there's, there's actually four in there right now. One for agents, one for brokers one for social media managers and one for teams. Um, So that's a a court list and it's all on demand. So you can watch it anytime, download the workbooks, watch the videos and uh, you'll be good to go.
0: Awesome, I love it. Really encourage all REMAX agents listening to definitely check out that content. Katie, since it is the REMAX Hustle podcast, we like to end every episode with what we call a hustle tip. So Katie, what is your REMAX Hustle tip for accomplishing a task when you really need to get something done?
1: Ooh, good question. Well, uh, this might be ironic, but if you really need to get something done, I would say you got to get off social media. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of it, I love it. As the social media you know, strategist saying that, I, I just know it can, be a, it can be a time suck. I just find that social media becomes this thing that a lot of times we just turn to maybe in moments of boredom, or just kind of like in between moments of our day. And it can just it can just be a big time suck. So if you really need to get something done, put your phone down. I would also say don't even check your email, put your out of office on, (laughs) you know, and uh, it's amazing what you can get done in just an hour or two when you're not like bombarded with notifications and Facebook and email and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, I've, you know, I've heard the quote before that social media can be you know, one of the greatest marketing and communication tools that we've ever had. Well, it can also be the biggest waste of time, period. And it kind of depends how you use it. So that's a great tip to end on. Thank you so much, Katie, for taking the time to share your knowledge on this episode of the Remax Hustle podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Wade. It's really been a pleasure to be here today.
0: And that's all for this episode. We hope you took away an idea or strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax Hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show
1: on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from.